Till the tears run down from my eyes Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody Can anybody find me? Somebody to love Alexa, play hits from Queen Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Feral Audio. Dun 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 Hey everybody, it's Steve Agee, and you're listening to another episode of uh On the Feral Audio Network. And speaking of the Feral Audio Network, if you're going online anytime soon to do some shopping at Amazon, how about going to feralaudio.com first, clicking on our portal and going to Amazon from there, doing your shopping, and you'll be helping out a lot of artists in the Feral family, and it would be much appreciated. Uh, with that, let's get into this episode. I'm really stoked. Uh, I'm super excited to have my friend Eric Edelstein. Uh, you may recognize Eric from uh, the last uh, Jurassic World, the last Jurassic movie. I'm going to give a little spoiler. He's one of the first guys to die in the movie. He's like first or second to die. He gets his ass handed to him by a T-Rex hybrid. And um, he's great. He's really funny. He's a great actor. I run into Eric at a lot of uh, a lot of auditions because we're uh, of similar stature. We're both about six foot six, a little on the heavy side. So I run into him. I ran into him yesterday at an audition. And it's amazing in in person, in real life, Eric is one of the nicest guys. He's a huge teddy bear. I can't imagine him hurting a fly, um, which was even more exciting to see him in this new movie called Green Room, which I cannot recommend enough. I've seen it twice already. I'm sure I'll see it again before it leaves theaters. Really dark, dark, uh, terrifying movie uh, brought to you by the same people who did uh, another one of my favorite movies, Blue Ruin. Um, I, I Again, I cannot say enough good shit about this movie. It, it was fucking brutal, really dark. Uh, and Eric is in it, and Eric plays a terrifying fucking motherfucker. And uh, if you know him in real life, uh, it would really help you appreciate how good an actor he is because he's nothing like that in real life. Um, so let's just get into it. We talk about a lot about Green Room and uh, other stuff. And uh, I love this. This episode is like an hour and a half. I could have gone another hour easily. Um, so please listen and please enjoy my good friend, Eric Edelstein. Thank you for listening. Dude, before you got here, I was out in my car for 40 minutes. I got here a little bit early. And I thought Dustin was still recording. So I get here like, I'm here like an hour early. I'm sitting in my car. I did some emails and I was like, I've been meaning to call and cancel my cable for like months because I don't watch TV anymore. Okay. I just watch, use Apple TV, Netflix, Hulu, that kind of shit. And so I was like, well, I was like, I'm just going to get this over with. And I call Time Warner. 
for 40 fucking minutes they keep me on the oh, phone. Oh, yeah. Dude, it should have been a two-minute call of me going, hi, um, I want to cancel my cable and just keep my internet. Okay. What's your name? Yeah. What's your last four-year social? Okay, it's done. Should have been a minute or two at most. I'm like, I go, I want to cancel my cable. And she goes, oh, why Why do you want to cancel your cable? Well, not that it's any of your fucking business, but uh, I don't watch TV anymore. Oh, okay. Um, can I ask you, when you had the cable, what did you like about it? I, I don't, honestly, I don't remember. I never watched it. Okay, what were you watching? Like, you have DVR, what were I are you I don't know. Walking Dead. I'd watch Walking Dead. Okay. For like 15 minutes. Then she's like, okay, uh, I'm going to put you on hold for one minute. And she comes back. She's like, okay, I know you want to cancel your cable, but what about these packages that I've put together for you? We have this and this. You won't lose AMC, so you can keep your Walking Dead. I'm like, keep your Walking Dead. <laughs> I'm like, motherfucker, I don't even watch Walking Dead at my house. I watch it with a group of people at someone else's house. She's like, what about this? For 40 fucking minutes, dude. 40 fucking minutes. This, I felt like, I told Dustin, I felt like I was breaking up with someone who was really clingy and like, what if I change? Because that's if, who they hire for that job. The, the, the person that has a tough time breaking up. was a fucking woman on the phone, and it felt like I was breaking up with a girlfriend. This is seven times a day for her. Oh, yeah. Who cries for her? That's a tough job. Ugh. So I are you totally canceled under- now? Yeah, it's done. R- really? I just have you internet. Feel great. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm 150 dollars lighter every month. Oh yeah. Know? The only thing I, I would I would do it except for live sports, but even I find myself watching that less and less. I'm not even a sports guy, and I was just like, "Fuck, man, that was so annoying." I was like, "Oh, this will probably take five or ten minutes." It was 40 fucking minutes. I was with Time Warner for maybe two years, and every time it'd be you just put it on speaker because it's going to be... F- I was on hold for 40 Oh, minutes. yeah. And this is the... You're now dealing with the new Time Warner, the friendly Time Warner. Yeah, that was friendly. I wish I had been recording. I told Dustin, I was like, I should have come in here and done it. We should have been uh, recording this. That's too funny. Ah, uh, the word... Who are you with now? Uh, DirecTV. And d- don't love that. But it's not not quite as bad as Time Warner, but the whole thing's a racket. Everything's changing, man. It's all going to like Netflix. It's all oh, fucking yeah. web-based programming now. <sighs> is that why our residuals are less? Oh yeah, yeah. For that's, sure. Is that that's why we don't make as much money anymore. It's so weird. It's so. I was talking to my buddy today. Where I'm like, used to be if you got like four or five a year, you could just coast. Oh, you buy a and house? No, it's oh god. No, they fucking will run one cycle of your commercial, and then that's it. Uh, it used to be amazing. Like, every 13 weeks, you'd come home, and you'd check your mailbox. There'd be that little fucking envelope with, like, $5,000 in it. Oh, my God. That I, I had a GM happened. one that ran for years. Yeah. Years. I had a I had a dollar. I think it was dollar or national rent-a-car commercial that ran for almost two years. Every 13 weeks, I would get a big-ass check. And that stopped like, you know, seven or eight years ago. Now it's like three grand for a cycle. It's so weird. Maybe. It's, if it's, and if you get If you get it. It's a unicorn that gets Because it's famous people now. Yeah. Like even like playing like clerks now. It's somebody from a, from a show. We're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Man. Fuck yeah. them. What should we do? What should we do for a new job? 
I think I think it's the, the money's not going; it's just moving. So it's like you you doing this right now in yeah. here. It's just moving, and then I think it's also what you do that I would love to do is live shows, because it's just like they say in music: nobody makes money off selling records, but you it's have that touring. platform for live stuff. Yeah, I everyone I know who's in bands. When they come out with an album, they'll tour for like a year or two. Yeah. So like, a, we make our con our money at concerts. Oh yeah. Tickets, it, not fucking album sales anymore. And after like the third drink, I'll pay thirty five for a t shirt too. Like done. <laughs> what was the last concert you went to? I go to a lot. You do? I go to a lot. That's my thing. I go to a lot of live shows. So I'm like, I see Bluegrass on Monday nights at Viva Cantina. Do you go there ever, Ag? Are you a Valley resident? No. Okay, see, I'm a proud Valley resident, and I go to Viva Cantina. I don't know where that is. It's an, it's this bar by the Equestrian Center. Okay. So people will- Oh, I do know. I have eaten there. Ha- yeah. Yeah. The food is, is it's not it's, it's not incredible, it's but it's better with every drink. But <laughs> I'll watch people, and it's like aspirational. Take a horse, and then have margaritas, and then get back on their horse. Yeah. But then they have bluegrass on Monday nights, and Thursday, they have big band music. What? It's dudes in and a I Mexican can, restaurant. I swear. And it's by the trail, and it's dudes in their 70s and 80s. It's this guy that was Stan Kenton's bass player, left that to go fight in Patton's army in World War II, and now he and a bunch of other 80-year-olds are doing big band music on a Thursday night at Viva Cantina, and I hate it. There's more people in the band than in the crowd. Of course. But I love it. It's so great. Are and people I now, dancing? Oh, Valley Legends, 60s, 70s, they're no spinning. Shit. No, it warms your heart. In the bluegrass, it's like a married couple. They're like 70, and they've been doing this for 35 years. <laughs> and the banjo player grew up going because his dad was a banjo player. And I, this is probably their plan just to slowly replace with children. But no, it's it's so fun. And I used to like not want to tell anyone because I wanted it, it's a private <laughs> club. And then I do the math in my head. I'm like, this isn't sustainable for them. No. And I talked to the owner. I brought people last night. Mm-hmm. So I brought in, you know. Comedy guys in their twenties, and I go there and I'm like, "Is this okay?" It's like, "Please, please, keep them coming, keep them coming." So no now shit. it's my new thing. I'm I'm gonna tell people about Viva Cantina. It's pretty magical. Monday nights, Viva yeah. Cantina, and then I go to the Moose Lodge. I'm a member of the Burbank Moose Lodge. Is that at the? Where's that? It's right down here. You're in a great pocket here, Ag, because you have Chili John's there, and then oh. the Burbank Moose Lodge. Don't you? Uh, Do you love Chili John's? I love Chili. No, John's. it's incredible, right? We the, should go after this. Done. Arm twisted. In All the right. pie. You ever get the pie? The lemon no, pie it's the best is in the, the world. Best pie I've ever had in my fucking life. No, it's so, and the pineapple's right behind. It's pretty incredible. I, I it's, a, it's, yeah. But the lemon, the lemon is my favorite. Oh, and the people in there, and then, and you'll see some people come in and they'll turn around because yeah. it's, it's a little something. It, but you know, Josh from Queens of Stone Age is the one who turned. No, me into it. yeah. Are you? Hold on, did I see you at Iggy Pop? At the Telegram, I was no. Did you go to the Greek? Yes. How great was that show? It was great. You were there. I no. I was at the Telegram. Oh, I'm jealous. Oh, brother. I didn't even know about that show until uh, my friend Colin texted me. He's like, "Are you coming to this thing tonight?" And I go, "What?" He goes, "They're doing like a pre-show for Iggy Pop." I was really bummed, and I couldn't believe because like Josh Homme, I like Queens of the Stone Age, mm-hmm. but when he evolves into like the number two role for Iggy Pop, yeah, he's like. The best number, too. Like, you watch him, and he's just leading this badass band, and then yeah. Iggy is punk rock crooner. Oh, dude. You can't I, believe how great he is. And I went backstage afterwards, and <gasps> I saw Josh, and I said- No! How? So do you know him? Oh, yeah. He's a buddy. How do you know him? I know him through Liam Lynch. I don't think I know Liam Lynch. You know Liam Lynch? He, uh, he's the United States of whatever guy. 
This is my United States of whatever. You know that song? No, uh-uh. But yeah, I listen whatever. to dusty old music. You don't know I'm that not, song? I know. I'm not that punk rock. I'm and more then, like Neil Young. I was and, throwing dice in the alley, and Kiki's like, eh, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. You don't know that song? No. And what I like, though, is that seven years ago, I maybe would have faked my way through it and laughed, but then now I'm like, I don't know. I'm okay Sif- if AG doesn't think I'm cool, and I don't Sifil know. and Ollie? Do you know Syphil and Ollie? No. The sock puppet show that was on MTV? I mean, I know of it. I know it's like that, but I have never seen it. He was the creator of that. He directed oh. what? Well, so he directed Sarah Silverman's movie Jesus Is Magic. Her I saw that movie. and dug it. He directed that and did the music videos for it. The, where Brody Stevens is driving? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, and then so when we were doing the Sarah Silverman show, he directed a couple episodes, and I got to know him a lot better while we were doing that. But one night while we were shooting, he's like, "Hey, I'm going to see Queens of the Stone Age. Do you want to?" Come with me. I go, yeah, I love Queens of the Stone Age. And we go, because he directed some of their videos. And so we were backstage. Uh, it was at the, the big Nokia Theater. Oh, yeah. And uh, right when it first opened, and we go backstage, and I saw Josh in the gr- green room. It was totally packed. I saw him on the other side of the green room. This is like from a, a, a rom-com. He sees me from the other side of the green room, and he goes, no way. Are you kidding? Yeah, and I go, no way. Are you serious? We instantly became buds. Is it part? He's tall, and he's I feel tall. like there's an instant fraternity among and, tall people. And we're both gingers. Oh yeah, but uh, so yeah, I yeah, he's a buddy of mine. So I went backstage at Iggy, and I was like, I've I, I and it's true, I'd never seen him look so happy. He was smiling. He's dancing oh, around. He's Ginger he, Elvis. They call him. He for goes. A reason. He goes. This is the best time I've ever had. I All I have to do is play guitar. That's uh, it. Is that really what he said? Mm-hmm. Because he seems so damn happy at those oh shows. And you watch him, and it's almost like he doesn't have that sickness where he has to be number one or out front. No, and no, he's no, no, great no. being like... And Iggy is his hero. Are like, you serious? I- Iggy, the Stooges, if if you asked him what his, his favorite band was like growing up, he'd be like, it's the Stooges. Who would be your number one hero to like work with? Would it be... I think for for a lot of us, it's like Bill Murray. Oh, for comedy, for you to like work with somebody, like holy shit, I'm working with my hero. There's a few, it and some of them are dead, but Bill Murray, yes, for sure. Chris Elliott. Oh God, have, have you gotten to work with him? No. Oh, oh yes, yes. I wrote a bit when I was a writer on Kimmel. He came on as a guest, and I wrote a bit for him, uh, a couch bit where he, Jimmy's talking to him, and Jimmy says, uh, "What have you been up to?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, actually." Uh, I just married some friends. I had to get um, what? Are, what do you call it? Where you become a a, 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 a preacher? Indo- in, not indoctrinated. What? Ordained. Ordained. He goes. I got ordained so I could uh, online so I can marry my friends. And now that I am a pastor, I found that I can also heal people. And so there's a woman. We had a stunt woman in a wheelchair in the in the audience. No. And my bit was he's, like, dragging her out of the chair, and it's not working. He's just dragging her around the floor. Um, I forget what, what it ended up. He, he made some rewrites, but he loved that bit, and he's like, yeah. Because it was a Monday show, and Friday, Steve O'Donnell, who was the head writer at the time, was like, hey, Chris Elliott's going to be on next week. He'd love for uh, us to pitch some ideas for him to do in the studio. And everyone, like, left. Everyone's like, yeah, Handed off like one written thing. I stayed till like ten o'clock at night. I wrote like no five way. 
treatments. So you earned it. Oh, I was so, I was like, I'm going to fucking do this. I wrote like five different treatments, put them in Steve's box. Monday he came in and he's like, you know, we're at the writer's meeting. He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, Chris loved your idea. He wants to do that. And you I could was float away. So, man, it was great. And it was also Abby Elliott's first time on TV because Chris pitched an idea where he's her manager or something. But, like, he's doing his interview and Abby's sitting on a, ch- a pedestal on the other side of the stage that's just rotating the whole time. <laughs> he's like, that's my girl. That's Abby. Kidding? And she's just spinning on a pedestal. Yeah. And at the end of the segment, she pukes all over the place. Um but yeah, so that was Chris was one. I waited in line for his book to meet him. He was just one of those growing up cabin yeah. boy, get a life. Oh my god, like he's everything. The no, he's motherfucker. Yeah, I would love to like do something with him though. You know, like act in something with him. But him, Bill Murray, John Ritter was one. I would ah. fucking, I, I would have killed to, to to do something with him. And then George Carlin. No way. Those are my four. Ah, uh, that's a good four, man. My holy trinity. What about you? Uh, everything for me kind of begins and ends with Neil Young. Yeah. So I probably, he does want to act, so that would probably be my number one dream. Holy is shit. Is Neil Young. Just to, But I met him once at In-N-Out Burger, and it was the greatest thing ever. You the, did? Yeah, man. It Which was In-N-Out? The one right on Sunset. And this is after, so you know, he does shows that are whole albums yeah. that people haven't heard. Yeah. So it's all these people at the Hollywood Bowl that, you know, yelling for Southern Man. And instead, they're getting a concept album about a town called Greendale that hasn't come out yet. And then if they're booing, he thrives. Like, that's why he's still so amazing. I'm seeing him this Holy Friday. Shit. He's playing his album at the Natural History Museum. And the last song, people are going to be there and have, reminds me, it's a 29-minute version of Love and Only Love, Ragged Glory deep track that I love. But then the whole album has animals in it. He's like, well, the animal kingdom's very much represented in this album. And so it's like, <laughs> it's going to have all these animals. But So that's just what he does. So I come up in an out burger. My buddy's driving. So I, I've been having some fun at the show. And then we see his tour bus has two like giant skylights that are old Buick cars. And, yeah. I, and I already wanted to go to in out burger. I want to go to an out burger. I want to go to an out burger. And then we pull up and there's this tour bus. I'm like, holy shit, Scott, Scott. And he's like, he's not in there. He's not in there. I'm sure he sent a roadie in there. We walk in there. He's in in and out burger. Just chilling. And I think he was also loving life and had maybe maybe had a little, a little joint high. after the show. That's his MO. But he was sitting there like a little kid looking at the posters of the cars. And he's like, to his friend, or roadmate, he's like, animal style. Huh? What's animal style? And they explain it to him. And then I walk in, I'm like, oh, my God. And here's this giant guy wearing a Neil Young Greendale shirt. Yeah. But I think I, he, one, he saw I was passionate. But then I said the thing, because I love the Greendale show. I thought it was incredible. And uh-huh. I'll kind of, I don't need to hear Southern Man again. Yeah. And I, so I'm like, Neil, Greendale's the greatest. Oh, my God, that town and with Carmichael. And he's like, oh, oh wow, are you kidding me? <laughs> and just laughing. And then his road manager comes in and like, does this in my arm. I'm like, oh, this is where he's like, guys, let's just take a quick picture outside. I didn't even ask. I wouldn't have. So wow. I have this unreal picture of me meeting him. And they always say, don't meet your heroes. But he was, sure. he was so awesome. He's so cool. Yeah, I saw Merle Haggard and Chris Christopherson lately. Oh, Merle. And then I, there's a certain theater in town, this is embarrassing to admit, but I, their security's really lax. So I've just started sneaking in. So I snuck back and then I t- talked to Chris Christopherson. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. Who yeah. are you? I don't know, man. I have problems. I didn't know you were this into music. No, it's my it's my main thing. I love it. Yeah. Fuck, I'll yeah. let you know next time I go to a concert. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to a few. I mean, that's why this town is heaven for me. Because there's stuff every week. You know, I used to live in Ashland, Oregon. and I think No, you didn't. Are you, are you kidding? What were you doing there? I was doing nothing for a year. 
Why I actually? left L.A. with my girlfriend. I was taking classes at the Groundlings, and I'd taken the first three classes. There was one more level, the advanced level, which was like writing and performing, and there was a year-long waiting list. And my girlfriend and I were both on the waiting list, and we're like, what the fuck are we going to do here for a year? Let's just go somewhere. So we get in my truck. You actually did this? Yeah. What? That's and we just so drove cool. up. We got to Ashland. We're like, this is where we're going to stay. And then we went back, got all our shit, went to Ashland and lived there for a year. Are you kidding? Well, I mean, it is one of the great towns. I, I spent amazing. my summers in Medford. Oh, my I gr- worked in Medford. No, where'd you work? Musician's friend. Are you kidding? Yeah, it's like Guitar Center, but a catalog. Both my grandparents lived in Medford, so we, I'd be there every summer. Yeah, and but Ashland is. Did you ever eat Geppetto's? Was it still open? When Absolutely. You went? The eggplant burger. Yeah. Oh yeah, small world. That's um, insane. Did, how was that year? It was one of the best times of my life. I bet. And just being away from the grind. by drugs and. <laughs> I went. I have a. I don't know if I've told this story on here before, but I had a friend. I still have a friend named Tony. Uh, he was like a staple in Ashland. He, was, he worked at a coffee shop called the Key of C. I don't even know if it's still there anymore. He had long ponytail, total stoner, uh, total hippie. Everybody in town knew him. Uh, and my girlfriend got a job in that coffee shop, too. And so uh, we didn't know anyone in town. And she comes home one day. She's like, hey, my friend Tony said we can come over to his house and smoke some pot and hang out, listen to records. I was like, great. So we go to his house. And uh, we're sitting down. He's playing, like, some Zappa. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he pulls out this little box, this paraphernalia box, and pulls out a pipe, hands me a pipe and a lighter, and I take this huge hit. I'm holding in this hit, and it's tasting really weird. And I exhale this massive hit, and I go, dude, that tastes really weird. I give him the pipe. He takes a hit. He's like... Oh, there's still opium in the pipe. No. Yeah, dude. I fucking smoked opium. (laughs) And within a a minute, I was just fucking out of it on the floor. I was just sunken into the carpet. But good out of it? Great out of it. Yeah, I've always wondered with the opium. I was just... I was like half of my body was sucked into the carpet, and I just was listening to Zappa, and like it was amazing. Are you kidding? No. <laughs> did you ever go back to the, the siren song of opium? Yeah. Oh, oh did you really? Yeah. I've never a, even seen it or had it offered Quite to a me. few times. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Where was he getting opium in National They Oregon? knew someone in Oregon that grew the poppies. Of and... course. Wow. Really? Yeah. <sighs> That's so cool. And then there was one other time. Once I moved back, he came to visit me, him and his friend, and they, they brought some. I was like, yeah, let's smoke this. Because I'm wondering now, maybe this is a dumb theory, but I don't think you can die from really smoking opium, but everybody's dying from these fake opioids. Would oh, we yeah. be better off if people are smoking opium? I don't know. Yeah, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's sad. Everybody's... Yeah. I sure hope that this Prince stuff... Now, did you ever see Prince? No. Oh. I'm so bummed out. See, I, I got... never went to one of those forum shows when you did like a month of shows. Yeah. Yeah. So bummed. I got dragged there. Because I just wasn't a Prince fan. And my buddy just like, you have to go. Trust, he's the greatest live performer. And I'm like, yeah, I, I've heard it. And I had somebody take me to Springsteen, and I loved it and I'd always see him. But I'm like, yeah, it's not maybe, maybe my cup of tea. I saw Prince within maybe the fourth song. I was like, oh, my God, that's the greatest guy I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm, I like his music. I totally appreciate it. You know Prince knows you, right? For what real? Mean? What do you mean? 
Prince is an obsessed New Girl fan. Obsessed. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was on New Girl. No, oh, for sure. Yeah. For, now, I had another, and this is going to just make me seem total crazy person. Yeah. I snuck backstage at the at Prince show at the Palladium. <laughs> I got tickets because a certain friend uh, connected to New Girl sent me a thing from Prince's manager inviting the stars of New Girl. Was this Jake? Yes. Yeah. Down to the Palladium. And yeah. he's like, you didn't get this from me, but if you want to try to work your bullshit, because Jake's seen me do this for years. Yeah. Where, I mean, I would do it in college. I would act like a PR person and get like my, my friends in the basketball team into stuff. So I just sent a thing and I'm like, long shot along. And I'm not, you're, you've been on there a bunch. I just did one and I was drunk Elvis. Yeah. But I, I, I'm That's just like, right. hi, just uh, got uh, your email forwarded to me. I, I, I don't know if Prince would even remember Drunk Elvis, but if there's any possible way I could come to the show tonight, I'd sure love to. Yeah. And then within a, within like maybe 20 minutes, it was like, yes, Prince would love to have you. How many tickets Fucking would you like? A. I Why know. the fuck didn't I not know about this? Because you weren't supposed to. This is only the bullshit I do. It was sent to the series regulars, not meant for me. But yeah, but I'm fairly close to Jake. God. Like he's <laughs> fucking, he doesn't think you're. You have a mental illness of having to sneak into places. Fuck. A 39 year old man sneaking into Merle Haggard. Wow. But like, so we went and we went down there, and then we we, we were like up above. But it's like the Palladium. You want to be close. Great. And then after like hour three, myself, and my buddy Brian, it's like, dude, let's do it. And, and most of the time, you just act like you're supposed to be there, and they'll kind of have the seas part, or you, know, you might be able to get in. So we just walked back there, and we were backstage. Did you see Jake? No, none of them went. Go. None, of, none them of, went. of them went. That none of them went. Not even Zoe. Not even Zoe. That Jake me. though had newborn twins, so that was absolutely. Oh, yeah. But everyone else, I'm like, but they don't. If you don't know, it's the best show. Like it's yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure to be good. I, I don't. I don't know if I need to hear. I would have Barrett. totally gone to that. Oh yeah, you would have loved it. And so we're just sitting like stage left, rocking out, and then at one point he like looks at me. And he like, and my buddy Brian, and he's like bringing everybody, just regular people out to sing. And he motions to me, and I'm like, dude, this can't no. be wrong. I'm like, and he like nods his head. I'm like, no way. He, he can't mean that. I'm gonna, wa I'm not supposed to, I'm gonna walk out and get tased. So I just like, <laughs> I'm like, no. So I didn't really, I didn't go out. And, but then when he got off stage, I'm like, I have to at least try. I have to try to meet him. And I've heard you're not supposed to look at him or whatever. He walks out. He makes eye contact with me. That's where I really do think he is an obsessed New Girl fan. So he would have loved to meet Outside Dave. He would have loved it. He looked at me, smiled, I go, Prince, that was the best show I've ever seen. And it was. Palladium show. You look it up. That's universally. <laughs> Sticks his hand. He's like, thank you very much. And then he like, there's like this weird, awkward pause where he's just kind of looking at me, smiling, and I'm like giggling. <laughs> and then they take him off, and then his manager gave it. So he's like, get out. Get out. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. It was like... I definitely, I took my moment, I waited, and then I, I always just shook his hand and had that weird connection with him. Wow. It was so funny. Steve. How tiny was he? Tiny but glowing. Like, <sighs> there's no one like him. It's the, it's the saddest. I'm bummed I never saw him in concert. I'm bummed I never saw Bowie in concert. Oh, yeah. Who else? Well, I feel like now we just all have to see these guys. Like, you know, next time Willie Nelson comes... I have to see Willie Even if it's Nelson. Anaheim, I have to go. see Neil Young. I have never seen Neil Young. In oh, he's doing a benefit May 21st for autism at the Pantages with Stephen Stills. Ooh. And when they play together, it is elect. Those two have been fighting on stage for 50 years. At one point, they swung guitars at each other in Buffalo Springfield. Uh -huh. Their moms had to be separated. They're each of their guitar techs. They'd have them turn up each of their amps. But when they play together, it's a it's incredible. Huh. So that's May May twenty first okay. at the Pantages. I'm gonna get tickets. Yeah, I, you'll love it, man. Who else has left that is like I've never seen Madonna. I feel like I gotta see Madonna. 
I haven't seen Madonna. I'm not, I really I'm not a, I'm fine. But should we check them all Iggy, out? If this was the first time oh, I saw Iggy. Could you believe it? And it's your buddy up there with him. Yeah. And it's such the a great band. show. I'm like oh my. close with all those Are dudes. you really? I, I was backstage and I told them they looked like a bunch of uh, Make-A-Wish kids. <laughs> I was like, you guys all had the biggest shit-eating grins on your faces. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I saw them play the Bridge School, and they came out because you know it's acoustic. So Queens? they came out in yes, they no came way. out in suits carrying wine glasses, like a specific gig for the venue, and blew my mind so yeah. much. I drove home that night and listened to your Josh on uh, Mark Marin, where I'm like, who is this guy? He's fascinating. They uh, they did a show years ago. This was when I first met Liam. And I first met the band, and uh, you know I take a lot of photos. Like I oh, have a yeah. camera A24, with me. What's the hashtag? A7R. Oh yeah. I always have a camera with me. I f- photograph queens all the time. Like they give me photo passes to their shows. Um, but uh, they did a show in I think it was in Germany, and it was in a mine. It was like two miles underground. What? In a mine, you go down, and I think you t- there's like a, a river underground. There's like what? Yeah, and it's this huge fucking like like amphitheater underground in this mine that they played in, and uh, and they were sh- and they were filming it for a documentary for like a, a a concert video, which has never come out. Like I don't know what, what? the hell happened to this footage. I've seen like little clips that look fucking amazing. And uh, like of them riding in a little little cars on on tracks to get to the show, and uh, and Liam was trying to hook it up that I go and photograph the show for them, and it almost happened, but it uh, kind of fell through. Man, but like on two miles underground. Ah, oh, that's insane. Yeah. The other guy you got to see that I push people to see is Billy Joe Shaver. Billy Joe Shaver's like I first heard about him years ago because my buddy said. Do you want to see this guy, Billy Joe Shaver? It's his 75th birthday night, and he just got acquitted for shooting a guy in the face. <laughs> and obviously, you yes. Gotta go, yeah, yeah, you have to. And and he was the guy, Waylon Jennings did a whole album of songs called Honky Tonk Heroes. Whoa. But Billy Joe was, like, too insane for them. But he puts on a show like it's a revival, like he's doing this stuff. So I saw him, like, last week in San Juan Capistrano. How was it? Incredible. Incredible. San Juan Capistrano. What's yeah. the place in San Juan? I it's know. called the Coach House. That's right. And it's Coach awesome. House. And yeah. it's like, you know, down home people, and it's a real fun vibe. Oh, yeah. I think I've been to ska shows there back in the 80s. Oh, are you ska? No, but in the 80s, that was really insanely popular, especially here in Southern California. My wife is trying to get me to a show called The Slackers. She just played them for me. Some ska. Know, yeah, she was a ska kid, too. Um, so, yeah, when when I was growing up, like... In the Inland Empire, Riverside, close by here, it was all punk and all fucking ska. And it was terrifying. Like, I played in bands and I played in a lot of punk shows where the people are spitting at you and, like, really just standing there flipping you off for the whole fucking show, just right in front of your fucking face. And it's just, it, they those weren't fun shows for me. I was, I would always just leave feeling like creeped out, like, what's going on in these fucking people's heads? And that leads me to your fucking your movie, (laughs) Green Room, which I've seen twice. Ah, I love it, brother. I've seen twice in less than a week. Ah, I love it. It is one of the best fucking movies I've fucking seen in a long time. (laughs) I love you, A.G. Thank you, One of the best movies I've seen since Blue Ruin, (sighs) which was by the same director. Oh, yeah. How do you pronounce Jeremy's name? Jeremy Saulnier. 
Saulnier. Saulnier. Yes, um, French. And I love that movie. I saw that movie, and I couldn't believe I didn't see it in the theater. I was mad that nobody had told me about it. Uh, I saw it on demand or or something, or I bought it on iTunes, and I was immediately like, I followed Macon on, uh, oh, on Twitter, yeah. and he followed me right back, and we would DM back and forth. I was just like, dude... I don't. I don't know why you're not in more movies. He was so fucking great. Oh, in Blue yeah. Ruin. He's great in Green Room. Blue Ruin. He carries that whole movie. Like he's in every scene oh, in that God, movie. He's yeah. like. And uh, one of the first things I tweeted at him, like direct message him, was the scene where he throws up. Oh, Do you know that scene? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's a scene. You, anyone listening to this, please fucking push pause and go watch Blue Ruin. Get it on iTunes. It might even be on Netflix. I don't know. Go fucking watch Blue Ruin. It's amazing. It's a revenge movie. And I tell people it's a revenge movie, but not like a Charles Bronson badass. It's like if you or I yep. tried to go kill people and didn't know how to work guns and we're just like, <laughs> but not a comedy. Just really fucking stressful. But there's a scene where he fucking throws, he's sitting on the side of the road and he pukes. And I'm, puking is my biggest aversion. I, I haven't puked in like over 20 years. Oh, really? I will sit up all night if I feel sick fighting the urge to puke. And uh, that was a hard scene for me to watch. Wow. But I go, I just saw that and I was like, I think he's really puking. And I, I DM'd him and I'm like, did you really puke in that? Because most movies, it's you can tell they're holding in pea soup in their mouth. Oh, yeah. And just one, bleh, and that's it. Whereas that's not what puking is. He fucking just unloads in that scene. And I was like, "Was did you really puke? And he's like, yep. I think he told me, and he's done it before for like a short they did or something, where he said he drank a bunch of warm milk and then got bloated and puked. But I think, if I, if I remember right, I would love to have him on the podcast. Uh, he said, he I think he drank a 12-pack of warm beer. and then they, No, he did not. And then he just sat and waited. Oh my god. Of course he did. He's such a badass. Like what? honestly when I when I look at him I'm like, dude, he's going to be right in that like Paul Giamatti uh, of like the best of the best characters. He's actors. such a fucking good actor. I after I saw Green, Green Room, I I went right to his IMDb page. I'm like there better be a list of upcoming fucking movies that I he's think in. it's getting there. But what I love about those dudes, it's like he's now directing his own thing. Yeah. Where they're like building this foundation that's just I'm so jealous. <laughs> I found out about Green Room and I'm like, oh, I'm glad he made another movie. I hope it's fucking on par with Blue Ruin. And then I found out it was about a punk band in a green room who fucking, I don't want to give anything away. Like, if you don't know anything about this movie, even better, you should just fucking go watch it. Yeah, and then come back. It is so intense. It was one of those movies, and there's very few of them where I'm in the theater and I yell like really? where shit happens and I'm not the only person in the theater and like a group of people there's a few moments where people are like oh fuck just like fuck what the fuck just gnarly shit happens in this movie um it is so fucking and there is not I was so jealous and then I I was looking and I go Eric Edelstein motherfucker cuz <laughs> I know you and I go out for a lot of the same shit. Yeah, and and you beat me. You I went in for outside day, brother. You did? Oh yeah. Oh, I wanted that one too. That's but what I love about our big guy, we're all friends. Yeah. Like Steve Berg's one of my best. I met him at a big guy edition where I'm always like and you'll find the one or two that just aren't cool and I'm always like, "Really?" 
It's all going to even out, and just why not just have a nice I time I walk in into here? so many auditions and see you sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, of course, why not? <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say with you, I, with you, Steve Berg, is just come like, okay, I mean, I get this. Okay, shit. Yeah. Or, but it has a weird way of working out, I feel like. Yeah, or the guy who played Kevin on uh, The Office. Uh, oh, yeah. Brian? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, but I saw it, and I was like, oh, motherfucker. Did you audition for it? Oh, yeah, I, I and it was one of those um, self-tape ones. Wow. And, and the audition was just the whole, it was the first scene release, I'm not giving away, it's the whole cartridges monologue. Oh, wow. And I remember that was one of those, because, you know, I play a lot of henchmen and heavies or whatever. If you're this size, you're going to, and yeah. I couldn't, you don't ever get to say lines like that with that that kind you're of. You're terrifying. In <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Like, <laughs> you were the biggest teddy bear in real life, and I was watching it going, if I saw this guy somewhere, I would be fucking scared shitless of him. <sighs> Yo, it's so funny. I swear the reason I can play these bad guys now is because I, on a dare with my buddy Scott, we watched Roadhouse and then drove by the whiskey and it said Bouncers Wanted. And but being idiots we are, 23, just down from Spokane, I'm like, dude, let's go. Let's go. Roadhouse. Come on. And then I got, we went up to the manager, Tisa, and she pointed at me and said, you come in, you, you're too small. And now my buddy Scott can like, He's physical and played three sports. I can't. I'm a general. I've been in a fight since junior high if. Yeah, yeah. And I was so terrified. And then I went in. I'm getting trained. And the, the guy training me, Tony, is like, yeah, you know, if you have problem customer, the first thing you want to do is be nice. And I'm like, oh, like Dalton's first rule. Yeah. Of like, let's let's laugh about Roadhouse and have a strong start here, Tony. And he's like, you saw Roadhouse? I'm like, oh, yeah, I did. He's like, I saw Roadhouse my sophomore year in uh, junior college, and I said, what the fuck am I doing here? Dropped out, been bouncing ever since. What? With a straight... And then I, I immediately, I'm like, oh, God, you're in over your head. And I was so scared. <laughs> I was so terrified. But the way... And I did it for two years. One year at the at the cat, at the whiskey, and then a year at the cat and the fiddle. And the cat and the fiddle would be like homeless people. It was mostly really easy. Yeah. But I would put on a face for survival. And and then kind of like try to have your you try to have your lighter love kind of dim, and act like you're tough. And then I I never thought I'd come down here and play Nazis and bad guys. And I like, can totally picture you as a bouncer. Did you ever have to bounce anybody? Um, barely. Like it would be like we would call them headshot fights at the Cat and the Fiddle because it'd be like pr- pretty guys. Yeah. So it'd basically, be a, my manager's an old punk guy. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what is what is uh, Mike Savage. I don't know if you know him. Oh I'm my trying, god. Do you know Mike Savage? No, but that name. Oh yeah, he's real. Pygmy Love Circus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he would just he would go and he'd be like, "Yeah, you want to get on the weed?" So he'd like walk around the corner and then just come back and it was just English drunks and like young yeah. people. So one time I broke up a fight and I could tell the guy wasn't coming back, wasn't like looking to fight. So I just delicately took him out and then one time. At a hardcore show, I got bit, and that was like, I mean, all my friends in Spokane have houses and like kids starting, and I'm getting bit, but the the funny thing was with the, the bouncer thing, I got exposed because the low guy in the totem pole, his punishment is he can't be on the mosh pit. He has to be upstairs guarding the bands that's the i best, know it's the best gig for guys like you and i steve yes for the hardcore guys they want to fight they need it they're looking forward to work and like doing this and so i go to the manager i'm like can i read and it was clear no one had asked that but she's like yeah you can read so i got like deep into like that la literature you gotta have that phase like fontaine bukowski and then <laughs> talk you know show the movie like they're being a cool female bass player oh yeah yeah this one's pretty good you know uh, it's road to los angeles and blah 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 and then a new guy got hired, and then I was down on the mosh pit. 
and I was there one day, and, and there were some days I'd have to sub down, and I always hated it. I hated it, and it was so stressful to me, and I can't really back up my size. Yeah. So then I asked. <laughs> the new guy was complaining about how he, he wants to be in on the action. He's like, I missed that pit, man. I missed that pit. And I'm like, well, friend, how bad do you miss it? Let's talk. And then I asked to go back upstairs, at which point I was shunned like junior high because all these Weird. guys knew I didn't want to fight. And, like, they were nice-ish to me. The guy, Tony, I was a total disappointment that I wanted to be. Wow. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be back upstage talking to the girls' band and the yeah. Jim Morrison impersonator. That's the best No, gig. it was where I can sit and read. It was heaven. It was the most fun. But then I, I seriously was like a, a junior high kid getting ostracized because I didn't want to be on the pit. So then I went to Cat and the Fiddle. Yeah. And that was just glorious. That was like, I did that for yeah. a year. The only time I ever really got scared, it's also the only time I ever got tipped. We had a thing where Friday, Saturday nights, they charge a cover and yeah. you can't eat out. You, you can't just sit outside. You have to order a meal. Yeah. Well, Rowdy Roddy Piper kind of staggers up. No. He had just wrapped a movie that day. Yeah. And decided he was going to have his. Rap party at the Cat and the Fiddle outside. What year is this? This is maybe 2004, 2005. Whatever okay. the movie was, I know Will Sasso was there. I thought it was cool Will Sasso wow. was there. Uh -huh. So he's like, we're going to have a party here tonight. And I'm like, yes, sir, Mr. Piper. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm like, uh, Gresham, Oregon, Piper's Pit Stop, sir. I took my car there because I went, I went to school near there. Wow. And so I immediately just start getting these long tables, and the manager's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm not getting hit. He had been arrested the week before for fighting bouncers, and he had a look in his eye, which it's as, honestly, maybe top 10 most worried I've ever been. Rowdy, rowdy. Piper. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I think he'd been, you know. Sizing you up. So, yeah, at which point mine is always like, you win, sir. You you win. But we just took care of all these tables and everything, and the manager, I'm like, I'm not telling Rowdy Rowdy Piper, no, this is good for the bar, blah, blah, blah. It's happening. And then he comes over, he looks at me, and then I, it's getting all set up, and he's like satisfied, but still he's like, you got my back? I'm like, yes, sir, Mr. Piper, I have your back. And he goes, then I got yours. And he pulls out a $100 bill and gives it to me. Wow. Only time I ever got tipped. But I felt like I also wanted to do a tiny bit of that in green room of being that this guy's a little bit scared. That he's got a little bit of bluster, but maybe part of him is... I couldn't tell that. Really? You looked <laughs> fucking terrifying. I love it. You did I not love look it. fucking terrified. <sighs> you did not look the least bit nervous holding that fucking gun. It's so... Because, like, my wife is the one that fixes things around the house. Like, I'm just not... I'm, I'm serious. It's so, like... And, like, now she even knows not to have me try because it's just going to break. Oh like my so she God. yeah it's so funny to me i have this niche playing these terrifying bad it's really funny where did you shoot that movie uh portland Ugh. which was is that why they had a premiere up there yeah and it's amazing because i grew up in vancouver washington which is right you across did? yes which is right across the border so it was really because as you can tell man and the guy the director jeremy is wonderful and full of love but it's intense and also, oh, yeah. those dudes are like method actors. Yeah. So I would go home, That especially the English act. They're so good, but they force you to be better. But I would go home every night instead. Usually, I'm a hotel. Let's go. I'd go home every night and stay with my parents and like just go over lines. Get love. Just get love. Yeah, because it was so intense and weird. So you put yourself on tape for the audition. Yeah. And then I probably and then was heard... there a callback or anything? No. Or was it like, all right. It was just exactly that. And that's what I... Do you like the self-tape ones? Because I like them because I can I hate them. Of... How come? Because I fucking... Do you pay somebody to do it for you? I usually do it with a friend. Okay. You know what I have done? I, I don't know if I've talked about this, but uh, 
I was asked to put myself on tape for that last Zach Braff movie that he crowdsourced, crowdfunded. Oh. Um, and uh, I was like, I got the part. And it was for a doctor, like a doctor. And I was like, this, this isn't me. I was like, I don't even want to put myself on tape because I'm wrong for the role. 100% wrong. I picture an older Jewish like man, like a guy in his 60s or something. And so I just kind of, I got the the email saying, hey, put yourself on tape for this. And I go, all right. And I just never did. And then like a week later, my agent was like, where's that tape? I go, I'm wrong for it. I'm not going to do it. They're like, fucking are you insane? Put yourself on tape. At least they know you exist when they see it. I'm like, fine. Here's what I did. Not only did I put myself on tape, I shot the scene with coverage. No, you did not. With A-list actors. <laughs> Hold on, what? Are you kidding me? I shot the scene of myself playing the doctor and uh, Ellen Page playing Zach Braff. She wore a little mustache. What? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Sarah Silverman as uh, Zach Braff's Are you I forget, brother me? or sister or something. No. We shot it with fucking coverage. I scored it. <laughs> I put music, Wang Chung music under it. I put bloopers at the end of the <laughs> Are you serious? I want to put it online. I don't know if I'm allowed. I mean, the movie's out. It's done. I should, I could probably Has it been it. released? Yeah. And, and also, and then nothing? Nothing. Oh, I've, to me, if somebody oh, no, does no. that, you have they to send it. it to and uh, Sarah actually contacted Zach, and he's like, "I saw it." He's like, "I thought that was fucking hilarious." He goes, uh, "He's wrong for the part." <laughs> In fact, we already cast it an older Jewish guy. I was like, "Of course." So I now—that's what I want to do for every on-tape audition. Oh, that's so funny! Cast A-list actors. <laughs> score it. Score it. Edit it. Use coverage, close-ups, wide shots. That's so funny. Yeah. Can I see it? Yeah, I'll send okay, it Okay, I want it. Yeah, I need that. Maybe I'll put it online, too. Yeah. I should ask. I'll ask Sarah and, and see what she thinks. That's so Because I don't really know Zach. I, I met him once, but uh, I don't know if he'd be mad. Who knows? It's fucking funny, though. Yeah, you have to. It, so it, I want to do that for every audition. So you did that. You sent in your tape. How yeah. long until you found out that M you got Maybe like six weeks. And Holy shit. Yeah, it was a, one of those where you, you forgot kinda, about it. Yeah, which are always, yeah. And then I was like, wow, I just couldn't believe I got to go do it in Portland where I grew up. Like, that was so cool to me. And at the time, Patrick Stewart wasn't connected. And then two or three days, but he came in really, really last minute. So that was... He was so good. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, there's not one weak link in the casting of that movie. Oh, it's incredible. And, like, you know, the the only person up there I really knew going in was Alia. Alia, yeah. And she's just the best. And she was great because she and I would do bits yeah. and be idiots between takes. She's so funny. No, and I'm so glad that she was, because, you know, it's so much more fun for me to be able to just oh my God. drop it and then be a goofball yeah. and then when they yell action try to be a Nazi again. Uh, and how long did it take you to shoot? How long were you working? I think I was there like three and a half weeks. Oh, it's so fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I just missed the rap party where they played songs, the, the actual uh. punk group. Yeah. The guys who did the music for it, Blair Brothers, are they related to Macon? Macon's Brothers. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> I wondered that. And they killed it. Killed it. Oh, it's so crazy, man. I'm so fucking jealous, dude. That movie <laughs> is so good. I can't recommend anyone listening to this. Please see it in a theater. It really helps. It's it's so good. Oh, man.
It's crazy. I mean, you know, we do so many. It's an alchemy, and you never know how it's going to quite turn out. And then something like this, man, I'm so happy. Like even hearing from you, I'm like, fuck, this is awesome. It's one of those movies. That, sorry, I'm burping. While Please, I'm, oh, all, all the good movies. ones do. That like, you watch it and you're like, so just legitimately jealous. I'm like, fuck. I need to. I want to do stuff like this movie. I want to be involved in this kind of. I love independent film when it turns out like that. Oh, yeah. Well, and what I love, and it's inspiring for what you're saying, is Jeremy could have done, after Blue Ruin, a, a 90 you know, million dollar, I'm sure they're offering comic book movies. You know, you show the skill and the precision, uh, and they always love people they know can work cheap. Yeah. But he doubled down and said, I'm going to do one more. I'm going to sneak one more. Do you know what the budget was on this movie? I think $5 million. Oh, my God. Yeah. It looks... Yeah. And he was a DP before uh, he was. A he director, was a DP. Right? Yeah, he it the... shows. It's he's got such a good eye. Uh, he shot like his. He shot like Oprah's Life Class recently, and and he's he's one of those <laughs> wow. amazing guys. Where he's like, yeah, and I learned a lot in Oprah's Life Class. I learned this and I learned that. We're like, wow. He he was the man with the van. He was the guy you hire, and the meanwhile writing his his dream scripts. There's nothing more inspiring. And then what I love is when I first read it, my my only nervousness going into it was it was so dark and i'm like oh man it's so dark and it's so physical i just hope that this i'm worried about this director because it's this might be a dark guy he ended up being the friendliest nicest guy he made sure that like they weren't really hurting me or any of the grappling stuff or like didn't even ask me you know there was there's one falling to the knees where i read the script like shit i I have a bad right knee i'm like shit he's like no we don't need it all we get a stunt guy in here make him fall on his knees eric Come on. Uh, I've been He's having the coolest By dude. the way, I've been having such leg and feet problems lately that I have now talked myself into the fact that I either have diabetes or gout. My feet hurt so bad. Really? Part of it might be, you know, when I went to that Iggy show last week, uh, I Ubered over to Mexico City, the restaurant. Oh, yeah. And walked up the hill to the Greek, stood watching the show for two hours, walked back. I was on my feet for a long time. Yeah. But that night, my feet didn't hurt. The next day, they didn't hurt. It was like a few days after my legs, you know when you lay in bed at night and your feet are just aching? Like that throbbing, like, ah. And you want to stretch. Like you, like restless yeah. legs where oh. you feel like you need to stretch and you can't quite stretch it oh, to the point I where it, it. it feels good. And I was just like. You, you really think you have gout or diabetes? Well, I'm a hypochondriac. Me too. Uh, but I actually went and got a physical lately, and it was the biggest weight off ever. And yeah. I was shocked. They're like, you're fine. Yeah. And and she, my doctor got me. She really messed with me because I'm like, I'm. She, uh, she's like, liver's good, blood sugar's good, uh, cholesterol's good. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I look, I'm like, are, are you sure? <laughs> and then she looked and pulled it off, and she's like, oh, God, this isn't you. And I go, ah! ah and I'm ah. like, oh, no, here it's coming. And then she, she looked at me and winked. And I'm like, oh, I have no idea. And then you just realize it is weirdly genetic. Because I shouldn't. There's oh. no reason I should be in, in, in good health. I have the same story. Like, uh, the very end of the Sarah Silverman show, the last, what ultimately became the last two episodes of the series. You know, we didn't know that. But we kind of thought the show might be ending. So I was a little bit stressed out. There was a huge fire. I don't know if you remember the, the forest fire in Angeles Crest Forest in 2010 or nine that burned for like two weeks. The one by Griffith Park? 
No, no, no. Okay. The big by Mount Wilson up above Pasadena. Okay. So the whole city was oh, just yeah. in ashes. Like you'd walk out to your car. Ash- I developed the worst cough. Um, my vertigo was really bad to the point where I go to see an ENT because I'm so dizzy all the time. And uh, after just five minutes with him, he goes, I want you to see a uh, a cardiologist. No. I'm bummed. I'm like, this is a Friday. I'm like, okay, I'll go on Monday. He goes, no, I mean, you have to see a cardiologist right now. And I scared the shit out of me. I'm like, what's wrong? What's wrong with my heart? He's like, I just want to rule heart problems out. He's like, I don't know. He's like, I just want to rule that out. So I go to this cardiologist. They did every test, all these electrodes, treadmill, blood tests. It was like two hours. And then I'm sitting in the uh, examining room by myself. And by this time, it's like 7 o'clock at night. And I'm convinced that I'm going to get this horrible diagnosis. And he pokes his head in the examining room and he goes, "Uh, I want to talk to you in my office. And I'm like, well, if it was good news, he would have just said, go home, you're fine. So I go into his office and I sit across from him at his desk. And he's like looking at the papers, not a smile on his fucking face. And he goes, you're, uh, you're perfectly fine. He goes, you're the biggest hypochondriac I've ever met. He goes, your cholesterol is perfect. Your blood pressure is perfect. He goes, everything is great. And just like you, I was like, you're kidding. Yeah, I smoked opium for a year in Ashland. How? I go, I go, look at me. <laughs> and he goes, I know. He goes, good genes. And then I was like, <sighs> I just exhale this huge sigh of relief. And he goes, by the way, don't let this diagnosis let you think you can keep living the way you're living. And I was like, fair enough. And then I left, and I've been living the same way. <laughs> but in that time, hundreds of vegan marathon runners have dropped dead. It's so yeah. it's so weird. And I still go to the doctor once in a while. I haven't had blood tests, which I, I think I'll do in the next week or so. But uh, when they take my blood pressure, they're like 120 over 80. Yeah. It's always perfect. I don't have high blood pressure. Do you do any of the, like, holistic or... I do acupuncture. Oh, yeah, me too. I do acupuncture and Chinese herbs, and I just believe in that stuff more than... Well, I've I've not had to take antibiotics in five or six years. I've man- I used to get sinus infections twice a year. Every spring, every fall, I would get a sinus infection. Go on antibiotics. I, became- I developed allergies to Cipro and <sighs> penicillin. You were on Cipro, really? I was taking amoxicillin for a sinus infection. This was like six years ago. And uh, did the whole 10 days. And then I felt pretty good. And then a few days later, I started getting the sinus pain again. And so I go back to the doctor. I go, I think it's coming back. He's like, no problem. Here's more uh, amoxicillin. So I go home. And I start taking it again. And I, I start to get like hives. Not all over, but I get like one or notice like one or two hives on my arms. And so I go back and I'm like, I've got some hives. I'm a little concerned. And he's like, yeah, you're probably allergic to penicillin now. I go, well, that's not good. (laughs) And he goes, well, we'll just put you on Cipro to finish this out. I go, okay. I go get my uh, prescription, go home, take my first pill within... Less than five minutes, I would say like three minutes even, I am head to toe 
hives. No. Head to toe, swollen hives. They're in my mouth. What? They're going down my throat. I can barely breathe. Luckily, I had uh, Benadryl. I, I took two, and I have the gel cap one, so I took two, bit them so that it was just immediately, and I took two Benadryl, slept for about 12 hours. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I went back to the doctor. He's like, oh, you're really allergic to Cipro then. Are you kidding? No. So how have you been able to stay off? And just like acupuncture? Yeah, I have a friend who's really into holistic stuff, and uh, and she's also uh, has a photographic memory, and she's a musician. Her one of her hobbies is just reading medical books because she can remember everything. What? So I call her when I have problems. I go, "This is happening. I'm having sinus." She's like, "This is what you need to do." Da 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 da. I have not had a fucking sinus infection in six years, dude. I neti pot like crazy when I feel anything coming uh. on. Um, do you just do the neti or I just got told to put acidophilus in the neti pot that that will no but I have an electric neti pot oh so you're not it's like a toothpick or a tooth uh, what do you call it Uh, uh, god my brain is is mush today like a water pick okay it looks like a water pick but you just put it up to your nose and it just shoots the water up it's badass dude really but I'll put, you know, like golden seal in it to kind of lubricate my sinuses and uh, one drop of this stuff called uh, betadine. Which really? Which is like, you know, if you've ever had a cut and had to go oh, get yeah. stitches, they put that like brownish orange yeah. uh, disinfectant over your cut. That's betadine. It, it's like a disinfectant and uh, f- kills bacteria. And so I put one drop in my neti pot. I don't get fucking sinus infection. I got to do because I have like the mucus that won't leave. And my acupuncture says it's chemtrails and all oh, that Jesus. shit that they're spraying. You know, they just put an ad, though, in the Pasadena paper, like the smallest paper to say that they are spraying. This is for real. It's doing, they're seeding clouds to try to get more rain. And then they also think, Google Bill Gates chemtrails. It's no longer <laughs> a crazy, I'm not a vaccine yeah, theorist. You're not a but it's No, no. By the way, did you see that Ted Cruz stuff today? No. Oh my God! You have to. It's just you're watching him unravel. It was so insane. Really? What was he doing? Well, t- t- he called. Trump brought up that his dad was with Lee Harvey Oswald, and he's like, "I'm just saying, what's he doing? What was he doing? We should know. We have a right to know what his dad is doing." And I think it's the thing that finally just had him. Trump snap. said Ted Cruz's dad is Lee Harvey Oswald. He said, "Well, this is confirmed. I mean, it's on the front of the Inquirer, but they do break stories. Like mm-hmm. it's like DMZ you, does. Yeah, you know how in like JFK, there's Lee Harvey Oswald in giving out flyers of like Free Cuba, Free Cuba. Yeah. The dude he was doing it with was Rafael Cruz, oh. Ted Cruz's dad. <laughs> and Trump could have let it lie and could have let it lie. And then but today, of course, he's not going to let. No. It lie. So then today, and like you watch Ted Cruz, it's like he finally cracked him. It's like he'd been. There is weird parts. There's this Neil Young song called Campaigner that's all about he saw Richard Nixon cry once when his wife was sick. And it was weird to see humanity in Nixon. Uh-huh. And I had that for the first time today. With Ted Cruz. Where I looked and I saw the kid that got picked on. And so he just turned into a dick or whatever. But he was, he snapped. And then at the end, he honestly went, Do you know that in Back to the Future 2, Biff Tannen was written about Donald Trump? Donald Trump would be a Biff Tannen presidency. And you just see this, like, he just finally just snapped. And then he was, he's like, Donald said my wife was not attractive. I think you're blind. Like, it's, he clearly, like, 
Yeah, I mean, in this week alone, he had to defend himself against a charge. He's Lucifer. <laughs> that he's a Zodiac. His wife had to answer a question yesterday. Is your husband the Zodiac killer? Or what do you think of the Zodiac? I mean, the Zodiac killer start to use... And then today that your dad is with Oswald. And I think he just finally snapped him. I think he finally, like, Ted went bye-bye. So but weird. then he's doing 80s movies references, and he can quote The Princess Bride, where you see that dorky kid in there that got hurt, <laughs> and then he just overcompensated with being a dick. Wow. It's really interesting. Yeah, I gotta watch that. No, it's if you uh, you watch him snap, and his wife is on one side of him, Carly Fiorina, who's like, "What the hell? I've I been gotta, his running mate for a week, and this is what's happening." I was gonna go see Green Room again with a friend, yes! but instead I'm are you really? Watch. I'm seeing, I am gonna um, go see it with a friend again. I'm seeing Tegan and Sarah tonight. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, you uh, you really are. A music no, it's my guy. thing. I'll let you know. Let's see who, what upcoming shows we have. Here. Do you have ba- the bands in town app? Oh, I love it. Are you? Ki- I love it, man. Yeah. Um, there's so many good shows coming up. There's Lucas Nelson, Willie Nelson, Charles Bradley. Have you heard him? Uh, uh-uh. uh. He's playing Ace Hotel. Richard Thompson, Doug. Ker- oh yeah, Stills Young, Doug Kershaw. There's You're all kinds such of a no. Hippie. Oh, I admit it. I admit it, though. It's glorious. I didn't know you were from Oregon. Yeah. Or Washington. Yeah. Well, Vancouver is really interesting because it's my parents are seven minutes from the Portland airport, but Vancouver is a world away. I grew up with miles of woods in my backyard. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah, and, but it's I weirdly got that duality because I to this day I have friends in Vancouver. What the hell are you going to Portland for? Uh, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, I love it. Was it's that the greatest? was the place you guys shot? Was that a set or was that an actual like club? No, bar? it was a set in in Clackamas, Oregon, which which is rednecky. And then I remember the other thing that I really thought of one of the more terrifying things I've had happen was I went to Gonzaga in Spokane, and I was um, in another world. Uh, I was the basketball play by play announcer, and we did a yeah, it's funny, weird, yeah, and we did a promotion that was like organized through me. A radio station came to me and said we want to do a promotion for. Uh, the basketball team, we want people to get free Gonzaga tattoos at this place. And I'm yeah. like, sure, I'll bring a few of the guys. The next day, the radio station producer called me crying. So we went to this tattoo place. The guys seemed nice. They were a little rough. I'm like, oh, it's just tattoo crowd. She called me crying. She's like, look at the paper. And it's on there. Gonzaga basketball team goes to neo-Nazi tattoo parlor. Oh, no. And that was what, and I think what Jeremy did in this movie that also makes it so scary is the Nazis are scary, but you also still see humanity. And there's yeah. no lecture about why they're doing it. They're just doing it. And that, I remember thinking of those tattoo guys. I'm like, oh, I never would have known those guys were Nazis. And that's even scarier. And then the ACLU sued the uh, neo-Nazi compound in Idaho and yeah. shut it down, which sounds great. Yeah. Except then you have- then they moved I, somewhere else. They just moved all into Spokane. They, they were at least alone up there and compartmentalized. And then after the lawsuit, they all moved into Spokane. And it was scary. You'd see these guys around. Yeah. Jeez, I, I know. See, I had no idea. I mean, I remember vaguely remember, but I had forgotten about the Red Laces thing. Uh, you know, with the neo-Nazi punks would wear red laces in their... Oh, really? Boots. Would you see him with the red laces? I, I vaguely remember that. But uh, I'd forgotten about it until this movie. Like... He really covers everything, really, like, everything is explained. There's no holes in this movie. Well, he, like you, he grew up huge in the D.C. punk scene. He's from Northern Virginia, and it's his love letter to that. It's, Ugh. and he knows it so well, and he wouldn't allow for He any, nailed it, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I played in so many bands, you know, in in my early 20s, and it's like, Jesus Christ, it's depressingly accurate. 
Oh, it's such a good movie, dude. Uh, uh, I'm so, I'm glad, so glad. How long ago did you shoot that? Uh, December of 2014. <sighs> so it's been a while. And then it's, you know, so many of these. I mean, I'm a dumb optimist. So every one of these I, I think are going to be incredible and the thing that just explodes. You never know. No, and this is the first one where I'm like, I'll even, I admit, I'll look at Green Room to see what people are saying on Twitter. And I've never seen anything where everybody likes it. Yeah. Have you, did you, had you already seen Blue Ruin? No, in fact, I didn't watch that until after, after I did Green Room because oh. I didn't want to. If I go into something, I got to believe a hundred percent, and I a lot you of didn't times want to be disappointed. If yeah, it was bad. and then have to like you know if I'm in a on the ground getting choked by a guy, being like, I don't even like that guy's movie. Why am I? Oh God! <laughs> so then I saw it afterward, and then I kind of realized, oh wow, he's amazing. This is incredible, and then I got yeah. even more excited about it. Oh my God, I. I mean, it's so new. I don't want to give out any spoilers or anything because I I w- I could talk about this movie for fucking. I love it, man. I love it. I definitely want to have. I want to have Alia back. Alia oh, did this yeah. podcast. I'd love to have her back to talk about it. I'd love to have Macon do it. They would love to. He does. He live. He lives in Austin. He right? lives in Austin. Yeah, and it, I don't think he wants to move. I think he loves it there. But of he's going to start getting like, especially awesome. now. Like, I think he just did, like, his first big movie, like a McConaughey movie. Oh, wow. And had, like, a significant part. But, I mean, he's going to... It's his world now. And I love that instead of, you know, being the buddy in some Rush Hour 3, he's running off and directing his own tiny thing in Portland with, like, Melanie Linsky. We're like, dude, he just... Oh, for real? Yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah. I hope I didn't spoil it. Has it happened already? I think it's it's happening now, and they're (sighs) almost done. I hope that I didn't ruin anything. So jealous. I love Melanie. Oh, she's magical. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. The nicest. Man. Fuck. I, ugh. That movie is so fucking good, dude. I am so... Oh, I love it, man. I can't wait till it comes out and I can fucking buy it. It's fucking great. It's it's inspiring is what it is. Like, it truly is. And you, he was the man with a van writing his scripts. It's like I see that more and more like... Like my buddy, uh, the, the guy that wrote Jurassic World, he was a busboy at the Valencia Black Angus writing Safety Not Guaranteed at night. No shit. Yeah. And you're Another like, great movie. No. And, and then he and Colin, just from Safety Not Guaranteed. See, you can make one and get... He and Colin then did Jurassic World mm-hmm. from he, a script that he wrote while at night while he was busting tables. It's and that's more and more. It does. I always say it makes me want to work harder, but then... It's part of, it's part of the reason why I canceled my cable today. I'm like... Why am I fucking going home and just watching fucking TV? Why don't I fucking sit at my computer and like try and write something or try and, you know? It, it's... I think you will. I mean, I think the time is now, man. <laughs> to, and if I if I write it and I don't want to act in it, I'll cast you because well, fuck. It put us been... together, man. Put us together. They can't pay us, but we'll let them try. Fuck it. It'd be too good. Fuck them. Fuck the system. Oh, man. But, dude, AG, you do realize you were inspirational to me. When I first met you, I'd been in town three weeks. No. Is that true? Yes. It was video logging for Temptation Island 2. Oh, my God. Do you remember this? And the boss there, you were the day shift and I was the night shift. And I was also just starting taking classes at Second City. And Tim Egan, the logger boss, came to me because yeah. I started to write and I couldn't, you couldn't help but be a little bit snarky. And he came in and he's like, what's your story? Because I was known for being green. Yeah. And I'm like, he's like, what, have you been here like three weeks? Like, yeah, I just moved down from Spokane. 
I'd been like two and a half weeks, and he's I like, "Your logs are totally yeah." Forgot oh that's yeah, where I met you. Oh, I thought it was so cool you're there. He's like, he was like, "Your your logs that you write are funny." He's like, "Come here," and we walk over, and he points at you. He's like, "You see Steve Agee?" He's like, "I read his logs. They make me laugh." And then I let him cut out of here to go to the cool comedy theaters in town because his logs make me laugh, and he shows up every day. Holy shit! I had no and, idea. Yeah, and and he's like, "Try to be like Steve Agee." And I took it, I'm like, oh, I, if you're kind of, if you're funny and, and you just show up and are affable, you'll get a longer leash because you would leave all the time, I guess. And he'd be like, it's I fine. I all the time. No, he part was great it with was, it. I, part of me leaving all the time at that point was my uh, panic disorder. Oh, really? I just really? didn't tell anybody. Oh, okay. I would make up excuses and leave because I was having... Such horrible panic attacks. And it carried over after Temptation Island. I stayed there and I worked on Joe Millionaire. Ah. And then I stayed there to Joe Millionaire 2. And I had a full-on nervous breakdown. One day at lunch. Not even at lunch. It was like middle of the day. I get up. I just walk out. And everyone's like, where are you going? I go, uh, uh, I got to go to the bank. Like, all right. And I just never went back. I went to my house house I was living at with three people I went to my room didn't leave for like two months I became so agoraphobic oh, I was having such bad panic attacks and uh, like they were calling going you coming back and I was just like no I can't really yeah and that was the start of me dealing with my mental health and the, eventually Sarah talked me into going to see a shrink and I got no way. antidepressants and saved my life Wow. Yeah. Well, because it was so inspiring for me to see the other video logger is then a series regular on the Sarah Silverman show. Yeah. And like, it was, it's the coolest. Right? I was like, it's another one of those things that affirms like, oh, you can get a happy ending in this town. Logging, the guy that he told me to be like is now on fucking Sarah Silverman's show. Logging is the most, <sighs> it, it's such an easy way to make a living in this town because there's, I remember I started at Real World, and I... Did you really? And Road Rules, yeah. I was at Buna Murray logging, and it's one of those jobs, it's like the mob, where you can't get out of doing... It's hard to leave, because a show will end, and then someone will leave. Someone left and started Temptation Island, and they're like, hey, we need loggers. And I had just finished a job, and I was out of work, and I'm like, fuck, I said I wasn't going to do this, but okay. And you just can go from show to show. They're, they're, reality TV is never going away. When I was back, you know, in 96 working on The Real World, I was like, this is not going to last. <laughs> this is so horrible. This makes people so horrible. There's no way this can last. And here we are uh, 20 years later, and it's, it's bigger than ever no and there are some networks that all they show is reality TV. oh and it's the world we you know it's it's the tr world of trump it created him he's a reality star and he evolved the medium to that of a reality star which oh, is yeah. terrifying where if hillary wants to beat him she's going to actually have to it's it's going to be insane it'll be another reality show it'll be nuts i remember my funniest insane thing that i look back on from video logging i don't know if you did but i had to work on 9-11 <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, I had already quit. Ha Dude, I cannot believe this, and fuck it, I'll name a name. Ted Garvey was the guy in charge, post-production supervisor. Let me tell you, friends, about Ted Garvey and his commitment to Temptation Island 2. <laughs> I called in at like 10.30, and meanwhile, I'd been, I moved down here like August 20th. 
So, and I'd never been anywhere. And then immediately, I think before the second tower fell, my mom had called me and told me to come home. Yeah. Come back to Vancouver, we'll figure it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, and so I'm just rattled. And then like around 1030, I'm like, well, I'm sure there's no work today. Because I mean, Temptation Island too is the trash. They take oh. a bunch of couples, break them up, make them intermix with a ton of booze. It's the worst. But it was kind of fun to log because I'm a voyeur and you're watching yeah. all this horrible flirtation. Yeah, they and take like yeah. three couples and they take the guys away from their girlfriends and they put the guys on an island with like 20 hot girls single girls and then they put the girlfriends over on another island with 20 hot single guys i mean and it's let the cameras roll and it is a fucking bummer oh <laughs> <laughs> and then but you're thinking yeah we are self-aware and it's a bummer and 9-11 just <laughs> happened and nobody knows so i call ted and I'm like, Ted, it's Eric. I'm just calling to just kind of confirm there's no work to do anything. He's like, well, it's it, Eric, it's all about you and, and the place you're in. Of, of course, if you don't feel comfortable coming into work. <laughs> and he's like, did, did, you, did you know anyone or have family, friends in the East Coast? Is oh, everyone accounted for? immediately. No, but I, you know, I was so green. And I'm like, no. And he's like, well, I mean, you know, there is, we did get footage. You came in today from the Sunset Palapa. And that does. So I remember going in there and logging. Were like, you the only person? In no. The I, I think what? just about everybody else was there. And then Tim was so cool. I'd love to see Tim. I haven't seen him in years. But he, he was really near me, yeah. wonderfully encouraging. And then I'll always remember him pointing at me. Be like Steve Agee. Steve Agee makes me laugh. <laughs> shows up. Just look at what he... And I would, yeah. so I kind of want... Okay. Okay. That's yeah. what I want to do. Yeah. And I couldn't believe. So I sat there logging footage from Temptation Island 2. And Tim had the news on up above. Yeah. And then Ted would kind of come in, and he didn't seem, like, thrilled that the news was on also. Yeah. But, hey, Ted is a very successful guy. You need a singular focus to make it. But, man, those towers wow. get knocked down. There was footage to log. Working on 9-11. No, I, I still, I look back now, and I'm like, I can't believe I worked on 9-11. That's so funny. Like, driving into work and hearing this stuff. I can't believe and then, anybody other than cops and firemen worked on 9-11. Cops, firemen, and Temptation Island 2 video lawyers. <laughs> I want to say there was maybe one person not there. There was a girl from New York, and Ted's like, your family's accounted for? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, if you feel, it's all about you and the place you're in. But, yeah. So funny. You could have easily just said, fuck it, I'm not coming in. And then if they said, come in, they're... They are then made to be the biggest piece of shit. Like, yeah, see that guy? He made me work on 9 11. When I see Ted, I will, and I'm grateful, that was my lifeline when I moved down here. I got a job like through a friend in college, but I will point at him and say, Ted, you, made you me had work me work on 9 11. 9 11 28? No, which 9 11. 2001, Ted. Which year? The third tower hadn't gone down yet, and I was in there. Oh, that's fucking horrifying. Right? I'll yeah. never forget. I'll never forget. I apparently, I, I guess I still was working on the show, but I, I remember I was home all day 9-11. I didn't go into work. Yeah, I think you knew. I was t two weeks from Spokane, and in my mind, if I in didn't... In fact, I was... <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I was not 9-11, but 9-14, the 14th, of September, I was supposed to get on a plane and fly to Florida to shoot a Hooters swimsuit calendar video. So I had that what? week. I had that week off. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> the making of the Hooters swimsuit calendar. I was shooting that. I was directing that. No, for real, in Clearwater, Florida. And so I woke up on 9/11, and I already had a horrible fear of flying at that time. I hadn't flown in years. I was so afraid. And I woke up, turned on the TV, saw that, immediately canceled my flight, which had been canceled already. Sure. 
and rented a car on 9-11 and started driving to Florida. So I could still what? get there. I still wanted to. Oh, It was yeah. Hooters. Yeah. Hooters, girls in Hooters swimsuit. I was like, well, I'm still going to Florida. I just started driving. And so they still filmed it? So on 9-14, they're filming Hooters girls? That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Not Never nine, forget. Maybe like 9-15. 9 yeah. Like a few days after 9-11. How did and it turn I remember, out? Horrible. I want to say I, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but I remember that was the time. That, that was r- right when Tenacious D, uh, th- the, their first album came out. The Tenacious D album came out the next week. Uh, I think it did horrible because of all that shit. But yeah, Tenacious D came out. I bought it while I was in Florida, and that's all I listened to driving across the country. That's insane. Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to grab a water. Hold on. You need one? No. You good. Um, okay, I was looking at your... Uh, oh, I got it. We, we have some in here. I was looking at your um, IMDb. Thank you. Because I was like, well, maybe there's some shit I don't know about. Is it true? I, it, since it's on IMDb, I'm not. I'm gonna assume it's not a secret. But are you in the the new uh, Twin Peaks? Yeah. Fucker. Yeah. Fucker. I know. I know. Hey, I, gotta, I, gotta, I wanted to be outside, Dave, so fucking bad. I gotta fire somebody, man. No, it's all. I love David Lynch. Oh so my! Much. No, that would be like we were talking about earlier, like dreams. And the whole time, I'm like, this is not real. I'm gonna wake up. There's no way. Because you're all, and, and you know, you have to sign everything so you're not supposed to say, but the whole time you're there, you're not just acting in it. You're in, you're in Twin Peaks. Were you in his Canada? World. Were you shooting No. Right by here. What? Yeah, Glendale. Holy yeah. shit. Yep. I know. Insane. He's the nicest, kindest. Like everybody works with the same people for 30 years. So there's like this yeah. loyalty like nothing else. And he's. The nicest, kindest how, man. How much? How long did you work on? I worked on it like three or four days. Oh, yeah, man. I know. It's the one where I I'm love like, that guy. oh my god. I'm currently listening to his book on tape, uh, catching the big fish. Catching the big fish. Oh, because I started meditating last year. No, did you? Did te- I just say meditating? No, I like meditating. It. It's meditating now. For, meditating. Uh, do you do TM? Uh huh. I do it too. I do Vedic. Which is oh, do you really? Which is basically TM. Oh, uh, yeah, I did that stuff, and it, it turned me around. You still do it? Oh, yeah. I, I do, yeah. too. I, I've been slipping in and out lately, uh, like when I'm traveling and doing oh, performing, I'm, which is when I should be doing it most. See, that's when I'm at my best. When I'm like, if I'm doing green room, I, I'll have a half an hour, and I will power a quick lunch to go, meditate for 20 minutes, eat quick, mm-hmm. and I swear I'm eating better, and I'm, I'm at my best. Because I'll force myself to, to meditate. It's... And when I'm doing it twice a day, and then through the Lynch Foundation, they gave a discount to my wife. So on the best days, we'll both wake up, no shit. sit in bed, kick the dogs out, meditate, and then I swear I'm just already better for the day. Yeah. And people think it's a cult or something. No, it's and a I, fucking just... It's a mental trick almost to stop... Peace of mind, yeah. basically. Yeah. Do you think that has a lot to do with like you figuring out anxiety and stuff like that, too? No, but I, my friend Stephanie talked me into it. I have a lot of friends who do it. Uh, Stuart Kornfeld at Red Hour, one of Ben Stiller's partners. Uh, he, I've known for a long time that he does TM. He um, he worked with 
Lynch on uh, one of his first producing gigs was, I want to say The Elephant Man or Eraserhead. I don't know which one, but Stuart Kornfeld worked as a producer on it. It was his first, like, I think it was his per- first producer gig. And then he went on to produce The Fly. Uh, and, like, he's done a lot of great shit. But he met with uh, David Lynch, and David Lynch would only hire him if he did TM. Is that true, really? And so Stuart took TM classes no to get the way. job. It worked. And he still, like, oh. at, in Red Hour, I think Stuart has since moved to New York fairly recently, but he was working at the Red Hour offices, you know, up until recently. And in the downstairs of the, the building, he had, like, a dojo, his own little dojo built where he would go, you know, when he would first get to work and, and meditate. Uh, I mean, it's amazing because, like, and sometimes I think people think it's like, oh, blissful 20 minutes. There's sometimes I'm thinking of so much shit that it drives me nuts. When I first started taking classes, I, I took classes from a, a guy named Teo Burkhart, who... Anyone listening, if, you, if you're if you in the L.A. area and you want to, you're interested, you should definitely, I, I can't recommend him enough. I can hook you up with him. But uh, I would go and take classes with him and we'd sit and I would meditate. And then afterwards he'd be like, so how was it? What? And I'd be like, I think I'm doing this wrong because all I was fucking thinking about was the shit that I had to do. And da-da. He's just like, no, you're doing it right. He's like, it's the process of you know, getting those thoughts up and out, you know, you're thinking about them because you need to think about them. Yep. And then you're like exercising them, pushing them away. It's yeah. kind of amazing. The, the, where and the... then there'll be days where, you know, I sit with my hands in my lap and my fingers intertwined, you know, and there'll be days and I, and now it's all I do when I, <laughs> when I meditate, but I'll sit and I will meditate so deeply that I can't tell where one hand ends and the other begins. It feels like my my hands have fused together. And it's a, it's a fucking pretty amazing feeling. Those weird moments you'll have where you just kind of do feel yourself drifting off in a way are Oh, I've amazing. had I've had I've had sessions of meditating where you know, you do it sitting up. I'm sitting up and like halfway through I feel like I'm laying on my stomach. No like, way. Like I'm leaning all the way forward and I it's we sound like cultists, but it's, it's fuck, it really is helpful. so funny. The uh, the guy moving down from Spokane, and I mean, dude, I got a fuck uh, a geode in my pocket. I don't know what I that a, is. I have a healing crystal, ag. Like, who am I? <laughs> like, if you show the guy from Spokane, I go to an acupuncturist. I do TM. Yeah, it's I have a, a, a I have a crystal with me, it's shaped like a bullet. Yeah, it's like something you'd fucking shoot kill a dragon with. Oh yeah, that's supposed to be over there. Now the funniest one I've been to, I've done you'll I've done energy healing with D Wallace Stone <laughs> from Poltergeist. Yep. Yeah. And the mom from ET. Yeah. And I've it's amazing because you'll go out to her place and then there's no way not she to. She close encounters too. She's, she's the woman in, in Close Encounters. Well, she's I know Terry Gar's in it, but somebody else is in it. She's the mom from E.T., and then she's in Cujo. Right. Yeah. But yeah. you'll go out there to her, and again, it's all the hilarious stuff where, like, boy, I really am that L.A. stereotype. Yeah. I, I swear I'd never be moving here from Spokane, but I love it. Yeah. But there's no way also to not get a maternal feeling from her. Sure. Because she's the mom from E.T. She's a famous mom, yeah. Yeah, so it's funny. All this stuff. Like, I just laugh all the time that I, I do this, and my friends just say I'm gullible, but... It's like whatever gets you through the night. It's really funny. You feel better. It's fucking. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like meditating, I swear, I feel incredible. It, and they say it's equivalent to four hours sleep. But man, I'm I've always been, at my best when I'm doing it. I've been flying a lot lately, and I'll, I'll meditate when I first get on the plane. <sighs> I will sit down, shut my eyes, and just go for 20 minutes, and then I'll have a much better flight. Oh, so much better. That's amazing. Look at us, brother. <laughs> and by the way, for anyone listening, for anyone still li- still listening, Eric's wearing a tie-dyed Grateful Dead shirt. Yep. And I got to the Dead way late. Mid-30s, I came to the Dead and started to really get it, Steve. Oh, I went to a Dead concert freshman year in college, I think it was, and I got dosed on acid. No, you did not. Yeah. You didn't want to? I... You no. didn't. Somebody just gave it to you in a drink. I or was something? watching a show, and all of a sudden, I started hallucinating, and it was the worst. What happened? I was seeing fucking monsters and shit. I was seeing smoke come out of the speakers. That I was like, "Oh shit, the concert's gonna end. Concert's over. There's smoke coming out of the speakers." And then the smoke started turning into like fucking dragons flying over the fucking the the stadium, and I was just like. It was horrible. Oh, my God. At what point did you know that you'd been dosed? When someone told me. Really? Because at that point in my life, I had never done hallucinogenics. So I I didn't have anything to compare it to. I didn't go, oh, this is acid. I was just like, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? I see monsters. (laughs) That's so scary. And I wasn't even into the dead. I went because it was just like, yeah, let's go to the dead. That'll probably keep you from the dead. They have some stuff I like. I don't hate them. Yeah. I'm not a hippie, though. I, no. I mean, maybe I am now that I'm into meditation. Yeah, I think you find the balance between punk and Did hippie. you talk to uh, David Lynch about meditating? Did you say, hey, I meditate? Um, that's actually why I thought originally I was there, because I, I did TM. And then it, it, he didn't know. His assistant remembered me. And then on the last day, he was like, that was you. Okay. Wow, that's oh, a good David Lynch. Fantastic. But that's how he is. The whole time on set, it's like he just has, okay, this is going to come through here, and it's going to be terrific, and we're going to get that and then move. And he just invents every, all day. Uh, just like it's the most inspiring. And you're around him, and it's. I read one after I worked, I ordered the oral history of Twin Peaks to almost like figure out I'm like was that really that and then somebody said that that every, every day with him it's like the dalai lama and he almost uh, does have that weird energy i met him once i was driving home i left sarah silverman's apartment i was driving home i go up to sunset from doheny no no not even doheny i go up to sunset from like la cienega i turn le- i turn left onto sunset off of la cienega and I'm driving past Tower Records. This is probably almost 10 years ago. Driving past Tower Records, I look to my right. David Lynch is sitting in a director's chair in the parking lot of Tower Records with a fucking dairy cow. A fucking no. cow. A fucking utter milk my titties cow, black and white cow. What? Standing next to him in the parking lot. I immediately pull over, grab my camera. I have photos. I'll send them to you. Yeah. And I fucking run over there, and there's just a few people around. He was doing... This was his way of uh, promoting Inland Empire, a movie he did called Inland Empire. He was... 
he would go to different places with this cow. <laughs> what? I don't know. Oh, he's the best. Are, are you kidding? No. Did you go up to him or talk to him? Yeah. I go up. I go, I'm a huge fan. Uh, oh, thank you. you oh, mind that's if I... fantastic. That's fantastic. Can I get a photo with you? Of course you can. And I took a photo with him. And I have it. And it's really telling because there's a big going out of business sign on top of Tower Records. Are you serious? Yeah. In the background. <laughs> that's amazing, man. <laughs> but I'm a huge fan of his, man. Huge fan. Yeah. And uh, I'm listening to that book and I'm loving it. And does he read from it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's him that's doing awesome. the... Oh. People can stay on the surface and fish and you get smaller fish, but the deeper you go, you catch the bigger fish. <laughs> At the like, bottom of the ocean, there are whales and other giant... Oh, those are the kind of things you want to perhaps ponder got catching. A, it's a great voice to listen to while oh, you're driving. I always love him as an actor. Like even the original Twin Peaks and whenever he shows up and stuff, there's nobody like him. I should watch that again. It's been... Since it was on TV, I haven't watched it since. Man. And he just... Uh, yeah. I can't wait to tell you more about it. I'll come out. I'd love to come back out because okay. then I can get into the... When is it coming? I think January, maybe now even April of next year. So it'll, it'll awesome. be a bit, but I really think people will love it. Are they and still like, shooting it? No. I th well, I think they're doing some, some pickup shots, but it's pretty much... Yeah. And then the wrap party is in like a couple weeks and i just oh can't it'll God. either be like a letdown or my my based on the track record it'll be the most lynchy and weirdest david lynch is my go-to like if i go to a show or a gig and i and it's just weird people and everything's weird i'm always like dude this is like a david lynch movie it's my go-to weird reference oh yeah when something's weird <clears throat> David Lynch is always my. This is like right out of a David Lynch movie. Oh, okay. I got to take you to see Jimmy Angel then. Jimmy Angel does the first Saturday of the month. He plays the Smokehouse. Uh -huh. I don't know if you've ever seen a guy walk along the valley with the a one right by Warner rig. Brothers. Yeah, uh -huh. and it's it's in there and it's a time warp. And every single person I bring is like, this is like a David Lynch movie. And oh, he also does the it. Moose Lodge. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of David Lynch places in the valley. That right. I kind of love. It hasn't been like even How you is... drive down Burbank. So how did you get that gig? Did you audition? That one I auditioned for, and it was agonizing. I think I auditioned for it in, oh, man, maybe like August. Uh -huh. And then it, I only did it like um, six weeks ago. And there were two times I oh was on God. hold where they ask your suit size, and then it went to somebody else. I'm like, am I giving the wrong suit size? Am I, is it because so I'm giant? getting different parts? No, I, I was on on a veil and then it would go to somebody else like does that mean they do another day like no it went to somebody else like, then why are you asking my suit size like if, if i'm this to the point i think my my agent who I, i've lucked in i mean really good people he's like hey i'm a little worried about eric he likes the cast and he's like you've asked him twice in his suit size twice and like we're making every every possible <laughs> thing like they, there's, it's okay sometimes to be treated like a big big kid or a big baby oh, because man. that time he was like I mean, you've asked his suit size twice, and it's his favorite show. And, like, is there any possible... Because I remember watching it with uh, my mom yeah. and, like, sitting there and your jaw dropped. And to me, that was the birth of all this alternative television now. It was really... Yeah, I, I loved Twin Peaks, but it was Lost Highway that I was uh, just like... I still haven't seen that one. Is that the one with Robert Blake? Yes. That is a fucking... That is about as David Lynch as his movies get okay it is so i gotta fucking, see it actually i can't even say all his movies are like fantastical and like have you seen the harry dean stanton documentary no oh dude you have to it's him and lynch having coffee and cigarettes 
and talking about like he wrote Harry Dean swears that Lynch wrote Frank Booth and Blue Velvet for him and he turned it down because he said he he was too old and he didn't want to deal with negative energy anymore he didn't want to play bad guys anymore Harry Dean thought he was too old back then. No, he thought he he said he was too old to. By the way, you can still see Harry Dean two or three nights a week at Dantana's. He banging uh, cigs. I, uh, I used vodkas. to go see him in the '90s at the Mint. Oh, I want to see him so bad, man. Ah, oh, yeah, man, that's crazy. Yeah, but yes, it's him and Harry Dean sitting there, coffee and cigarettes. And he's like, "Do you remember that Harry Dean that you said you didn't want to do it?" He's like, "Yeah, I remember." I don't want to do it. He's like, yeah, wasn't that just terrific? Now, Harry Dean, the song you sang. And then Harry Dean will sing Danny Boy. And I Harry Dean's whole that, thing is that nothing matters. I love that he used to write at the Bob's Big Boy right there in Toluca Lake. Lynch did? Yeah. And I think he got a t- tuna salad and a vanilla shake every day. Something like that. Yeah. 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 yeah, ain't nobody like him, man. And I swear, most times when you meet these people you like, you don't really get disappointed. It's weird. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's like some people that you don't, they're excited that maybe they're not as cool. But for the people I love, like I met Neil Young, stoned it in and out. And it was one of the greatest You know, Neil Young, I think, used to have a house in Ashland. Did he really? And there's a bar there called the Black Sheep. It's like a, a, it's an English pub. It was a great bar, Black Sheep. It's right there in the, next to the the river that goes through town, the uh, Lithia in Lithia Park and uh, he used to go and people would say, I never saw him but people would say yeah you, Neil Young was just up at the Black Sheep having what Guinness or whatever how cool is that it's I really can't believe cool. you lived in Ashland for a year a year dude it's such a great town do you ever have a, a place like in mind of like you might want to spend part of the year Joshua Tree oh really I, I really there's a few places I would love to have a place in Ashland I'd love to have a place in Portland Yep. Uh, Ida Wild. Oh, God. You you know Ida Wild? Joshua Tree. No, he oh, knows yeah, Ida yeah. Wild. I used to rock climb up in Ida Wild. Are you kidding? Taquit's Peak. I-, I love Ida Wild so much. Really? Oh, yeah. Why don't we hang out more? Dude? It's happening now, brother. Right. I-, I will always put you on a little bit of a pedestal. Because you're no, the no, fuck. No, no. no, but like truly, I go to Ida Wild every year for the. Uh, for the Christmas tree lighting ceremony. Oh shit! I and didn't and know now my that. wife. Oh man, yeah, and it's it's so fun, and you can get you can now rent a cabin. It's like a hundred bucks. It's it's yeah, insane. It's, it's great. I have a friend who uh, is opening a hotel up in uh, Idlewild, and it's like a themed hotel too. Like it's the same guy who uh, who uh, runs Hicksville out in Joshua Tree, which no is those way. vintage trailer hotels. Really? But he, what's the theme going to be for Idlewild? I don't know. I just heard that he's opening a place up in Idlewild, so uh, I'm very excited about that. And then have you looked at how much houses are there? No. They're like, I mean, I don't have it now, but they're like 110, 120. Ugh. I even like tried to recruit some friends of like, you guys want to go in fours in a house? Because to me, eventually as it spreads, it's going to be valuable up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you're you know, two hours away, and it's a world away. Every time I go up there, my head's just clear. I know. It's beautiful. And I'd love to have my dogs have an area to run around in. and Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to hang out a lot more. All right. Uh, do on, you have man. anything you want to plug? Anything coming up where people can see? People have got to go see Green Room. I just, mean, yeah. See see Green Room. See Green Room. Yeah, I love Please it. Please see it in a theater. <laughs> oh, my God. I, uh, yeah. I, 
I would love to talk more after some time's gone by. We can talk. We'll more do a follow up because all the stuff I would and a lot of cool stories are the spoilers. But real, I will also say everyone always asks about Patrick Stewart. He was awesome. Yeah, totally cool. Yeah, not like Method. You could talk to him between takes. Yeah, and then his last day, he was like, I think sad he left or whatever. He got everybody a coffee cart. Where I'm like, Fuck. it's awesome, and that I had not known Anton Yelchin before. He's the nicest, coolest guy. Really? What he does in this movie, I mean, he's that. Him and Imogene are the anchors, and they just kill it. She fucking oh my god is badass, dude. Poots, poots. <laughs> Next level. By the way, her haircut. Oh, so rad, dude. But it's so Nazi. It's that's a skinhead haircut. <sighs> I watched this again yesterday. I watched the movie again yesterday with my friend Chantal, whose episode is dropping today. And uh, and we were just like, she looks so fucking... And we were both like, some of that fucking skinhead fashion is so cool. Like the boots and the, oh. the fucking... The, those jackets. And we're just like, it's a shame that they're fucking skinheads. Oh, but like wearing the Doc Martens for the shoot. They're so comfortable. So comfortable, dude. And then, like, when I look at Mark Webber in that bomber jacket, I'm like, fuck, that's a good look, and that's a good look for a big guy. I'm like, man. <laughs> like, I almost asked if I could buy my Doc Martens, and then, and then I remember one time I accidentally went, I ran to get lunch. I had, like, three hours, and then I realized I'm sitting here reading the paper with red laces on. Oh, my which, God. Which, if oh, you yeah, know, yeah. that means not a, not a, there's varying, it for sure means you killed somebody or you killed a, 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 a minority. Oh, I so didn't I'm know like, that. oh my god, I'm sitting here right now. Yeah, and I got real paranoid and just left quickly. But I was like, <laughs> oh my god, this is how it all ends. I just didn't even think of it. I'm like, oh man, I got time for Egg for Young. Yeah, Chantal kept going. I want that haircut so bad, but it is a fucking Nazi skinhead haircut. I think. I think. I mean, it's so obtuse. I oh think. Oh my god, it's so. It looks cool. Women are cool because you can get whatever. Are you balding at all? See, I got this bald no, spot now. I, I'm but not. I think I'm going to grow my hair out. And I'm like, the only reason I didn't is because I had a bald spot. And I'm like, no, I wanna, I'm a hippie. I'm tired of being an undercover hippie. Let's let it loose. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, fucking go see Green Room. Uh, they can follow you on uh, Yeah, Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, Eric J. Edelstein. E-I-N. Yes, sir. I yes, sir. Um... And then I'm on a cartoon called We Bear Bears, which is really funny because I play a cheerful, happy grizzly bear. And some of the Twitter stuff are like, grizzly bear, why are you a Nazi? So I'm like, uh, I hope I don't get in trouble for that. Um, shit. Yep. Fuck it. This is so fun. Uh, thanks for doing this. Dude, I'm so always. fucking, I'm always worried calling someone and go, hey, will you do this? And I usually am doing it the night before going, you want to do this tomorrow? You were like, fuck yeah, let's oh, do it. Oh, I was walking my dogs, and then I first got a texting like, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad. Oh, I love that. Because yeah. I'd heard, I forget I heard from somebody that you were fired up. You like Blue Ruin, and you were fired up about Groom, maybe through Derek or maybe Steve No, Bird. no, I think it was months ago, or it might even have been back during, was it at Sundance? Was it maybe through Mark Agliardi? Yeah, it was at Sundance. It did like all those. People started tweeting about it, and I was like, oh my God. I go, I love these guys, and then I think I started tweeting at you, all of you going, fucking Alia and Eric. It's so funny how that there's comedians in there. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, it's good. Uh, shit. The funny good. Nazi. <laughs> we'll talk about it again as time's gone by and we can talk spoilers and stuff. Yes! But please go see it. 
Uh, follow Eric on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And thanks for doing this, dude. Dude, this was so fun, brother. And thanks for listening. Bye. Feral Audio. Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply.